It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you on Monday, May 17th, a little bit after the LA Galaxy's 2-0 win over Austin FC. I'm Josh Gessman, your host. Glad to be with you on this wonderful Monday. The LA Galaxy continue to win now. Uh, that's 12 points through five games. Galaxy continues to sort of streak through some of their more winnable games. We're going to talk about the game today. That's going to be our main focus, as we usually do coming back. Uh, we got some other interesting stuff for you, including some rumor updates that you're going to find, I think, very interesting. So uh, in order to help me do all that, uh, a guy who was at the game, I got to sit next to him. It was, it was actually an enjoyable time. Uh, it's Kevin the Baxter. Kevin the Panda Baxter. I even screwed it up, Kevin. I was trying so hard. Yeah, well, we were sitting next to each other, but we had that hockey glass between us, the, yep. the COVID thing. By the way, you have not been out to Corner of the Galaxy's uh, Northern LA County headquarters for quite a quite some time. This- you need to come and check things out here. There's a couple of things I need to requisition from you, too, by the way. We need a new pizza oven for the commissary. Yes. And I think the parking garage, the parking uh, you know, spaces, I think it needs to be restriped. Re- restriped. And you are, the, you are the corporate CEO, or as we like to call you, the corporate SOB. Yes. So I think you need to come up and check this stuff out. I'll, I'll make my way up to Northern California there uh, eventually, for sure. Um, no, I mean, uh, one, I do need to come up there. I do need to tweak your studio setup. I think we could get you looking, well, I mean, not better, but at <laughs> least... Not looking. I, I'm not gonna, this is all you get. This, at least in better focus, that's for sure. So we're going to try to do that uh, here here and then. Are few people weeks. asking for better focus? I bet you they are not. I mean, you know, most people don't like you anyway, so I don't think that they really care yeah, whether it, or not you do anything. Very yeah. early in my career, I took a look in the mirror and said, TV news is not for you. You better become a print journalist. <laughs> That's not the way. And since I can't pronounce anyone's name, yes. radio was out. Yes, radio is out too. I understand. No, no, no. All good. Um, no. Uh, what would you think? Um, a, again, a, a, an atmosphere of 7,193. That's our max sort of uh, attendance line that we get. For now. For it's now. It, well, it's coming. We'll see. You know, I, I talked about this last Thursday in terms of the LA Galaxy. Um, or maybe I didn't. Uh, let's see. When did they come? They announced that on Friday, didn't they? Did it come yeah, a day the after season, the season ticket thing? Yeah, the season ticket where they said basically that there was going to be June uh, June nineteenth. They're expecting full capacity, and I said, "Whoa, hold on a second, pump the brakes a little bit," because basically what they're saying is it's more legal contractual thing than anything of of certainty that June nineteenth is absolutely going to be it. However, 
uh, hearing from Governor Gavin Newsom today, and he's holding in the the mask mandate, and basically until you June, talk to Gavin Newsom all the time. Um, oh, cool. I just I just text him. You know, whenever he's at those restaurants, he's not supposed to be eating at. Um, whenever uh, whenever June fifteenth is coming, which is what he has said will open everything back up. They're holding the mask basically mandate across the state until June fifteenth because he wants to reopen everything on June fifteenth. That's sort of his kickoff date. So he's still saying June fifteenth. The Galaxy are saying we're going to have full capacity on June 19th. Um, so it's not a stretch to say that, but the announcement that season ticket members got, which is we expect full capacity on June 19th, Kevin, was more of a 30-day notice that we're going to start charging you for season tickets again because we're going back to normal um, more than it was an announcement of full capacity. It was a legal requirement that they checked off more than anything else. Oh, it looks like maybe we lost. Going. I was going to say, it looks like we lost you there for Kevin. Go ahead. Try. try am, again. I, am I back? Yeah, you're back. OK, I was going to say Ricky Schroeder is going to be happy to hear the mask mandates going away. But I've talked to a, a few fans at games. And, you know, if you put your head down and you're not looking at the empty seats, uh, it sounds like a capacity crowd. And, and I've frozen again. It sounds like a capacity crowd. It sounds loud. But people sitting in the stands have told me that they are not actually looking forward to capacity again. They like the extra space. They like the idea of a pod of six or eight people. And, you know, there's no one getting up to go get popcorn and cut in front of you. And, you know, little kids having to, you know, get up and go to the bathroom. People are actually liking this. I think there'd be a number of fans that if they could freeze us at 7,000, they'd probably go for it. Wait, remember what we were saying whenever we were going and there was no parking issues and there was easy for yeah. us again? We were we were also saying, I mean, you know, one of the bonuses, I guess the bonuses of the pandemic, I'm sure somebody will use that to like free cut this out. Josh says there's good things about the pandemic. One of the things that was actually semi-enjoyable was not having to worry about parking. I could get there a lot later, not have to worry about, you know, making through. But by the way, I got to see so many great people on over the weekend. I got to take pictures with people. It was funny. Everybody is like is 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 uh, making a proclamation with their vaccine, um, you know, uh, uh, status, right? Like I would somebody came up and they're like, "Hey, can we take some pictures with you?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm fully vaccinated. How about you?" And they're like, "Yes." I'm like, "Then come on in. Let's get close and we can take a, you know a normal picture." We still had our masks on, all that fun stuff, but it's like. If you're fully vaccinated, I'm fully vaccinated, then a lot of people feel comfortable getting closer and you can take the pictures and you can do that stuff. Right. So um, I, I just feel like I feel like if they're going to go back to full capacity at June, you know, June 15th, full capacity, June 19th, that requiring masks in there is probably a good step for a little bit of the ways in those next couple of games. We'll see. We'll see. how. It you goes. know, I, I'm fully vaccinated, as is my wife. Uh, and it, our neighbors just got married. They went to just to the peace and got married. They got married the same day they got their second vaccine dose. So they so they'd always have the card to remind them of what their anniversary date is. But I hung out with some of the a, you know, ACB people before the game. That, that was great. They were you know doing some charity collections and stuff. That was cool. But frankly, me, even being fully vaccinated, I you know I still feel comfortable in masks. When I go walk around my neighborhood or whatever, I still put the mask on. It's just, it just gives me sort of that little extra feeling of comfort. It's not I'm, like I'm afraid I'm going to catch COVID at this point. Right. But it, I just have that extra feeling of comfort. And I'm not ready to go indo indoors to a restaurant. I go out to eat, but always outdoors. I'm not ready to go inside yet. Yeah. I mean, I think for everybody, it is uh, is an adjustment period. We've been living a certain way for a year. 
um, over a year, and we're sort of used to that in some ways, um, even though it's a very it's very much a departure from what it was in previous years. And so it takes a little time to work yourself back into that. And I understand that. I think everybody's going to do it at their same. I just hope that there's steps there's steps to that as we get back to normal um, in the stadiums as well. But I, I enjoyed having people there. I enjoyed. And by the way, nobody noticed me the the game before. Nobody recognized me. Nobody really came up and said hi too much, like the whole deal. But whenever I had Larry Morgan walking next to me, everybody recognized me because they're like, oh, that's a short guy next to Larry Morgan. That must be Pato. Yeah, that's kind of tall as Lurch. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. you, you Remember pants? We got yeah. to put those back on again. None of mine fit, though. I was, uh, yeah, I was going to say. The we'll, pandemic was not kind to me. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, by the way, the chat room is saying, you know, you can still get COVID fully vaccinated and pass to someone. Yes, absolutely. And the CDC yeah. has said that if you are uh, if you are uh, if you are fully vaccinated, that you're able to go out. There's risk in everything. Uh, okay, so, well, if people are talking to you over there, yeah. um, I, I, I'm not privy to that. Yeah. Should I keep, keep wearing a mask? I'm comfortable doing it. Well, you guys just, think just, I the, do it? just the way you look, I would suggest you yeah. wearing a mask. Well, yeah, of uh, course. All right. There we go. All right. Uh, yeah. And, and Mike Gray says, yep, keep the mask on for now. I like it. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. good. It's, it's, uh, it's all about uh, different things. We've talked about this throughout the pandemic is what you're comfortable with. What, 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 what are those Phantom of the Opera masks? Would that work? Or no. is that not... It, it wouldn't help you at all. I mean, you know, half, yeah, half of not. I don't I don't think so. So uh, let's get to okay. the game a little bit. Uh, the LA Hockey Galaxy mask, coming into this maybe uh, are, are a little bit on a streak. Um, certainly after beating LAFC, feeling a little bit of the hype. I think a lot of people were worried about a letdown game against Austin. Austin is came into this noted as a good but incomplete expansion team, right? They were they were a team that looked like they were put together well, that they were thought about well. Greg Vanny, I thought, you know, even threw some shade at Josh Wolf a little bit, which was he was like, well, you know, what you could say about that team, what? It's all right, all right, all right. Oh no, just, that's that's a, a overused joke over the last <laughs> two weeks. But well, um, you were saying they're mediocre, so I'm saying they're. No, all, all right, right, all right, all right. Yes, I, I mean, I get it. Um, okay. But but Greg Vanny was basically, say, I think, throwing shade in, in Josh Wolf and Austin's way, saying, you know, when you have two years to put together a team, Josh is smart enough, and he went out and got the players that he sort of wanted, and that's what he has. But they are, um, I think they're shrinking a little bit in the last couple of games, Kevin. I think they're starting to move away from, um, you know, some of the things that they were good at maybe at the beginning of the year. Um, and because of that, um, I think that the Galaxy probably caught them at a good time. They're on an extended road trip to start out the season as they finish up their stadium and get that ready for their first games. Um, so all those things, I think, worked in the Galaxy favors. Alex Ring not being available, Alexander Ring in the center, where if you look at what he has done for them, uh, he really is an important part of their offense and how they go. Um, so I, I think that him missing as well really made this what I would consider a, a toothless Austin team. Having said that, um, I think they did put some pressure on the LA Galaxy in certain spots. But let's talk about this game a little bit from the beginning and start with our, uh, our starting lineup here with Chicharito up top. Not a surprise. Grant Sierra. Uh, this this graphic has Alvarez in the center. That's not how it played. Legit played in the center. Alvarez played out wide on the right hand side. Uh, you had Carlos Harvey in there. You had Jonathan Dos Santos, Villafania, Williams, Steris, Araujo on the back line and Jonathan Bond at goalkeeper. Um, all we can say about the defense is I thought that they played very well. Kevin gets the shutout and uh, Jonathan Bond keeps that shutout. I don't know that the defense was overly tested. Uh, they were pinned back, but they defended well. Um, but I'm just, I, I think if there's one big takeaway from all of this, it's that the defense finally sort of put together that game that everybody was waiting for them to put together, which was shut, shut a team down, keep a clean sheet, um, and give the offense a chance to do some things. Well, Araujo was man of the match. Let's not forget that playing on, on the defense. But 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 again, it's sort of that quasi winger role. I thought Viafania was pretty good too. But 
you, you know, yes, it was a toothless Austin attack. It wasn't exactly, you know, Manchester United of the of the of the two thousands. Um, but it is a shutout. It's a clean sheet, and you build momentum and you build confidence with that. I, th- I think one thing that we should probably talk about at some point is yes, the Galaxy are four one and zero, and yes, it's their equal their second best start in fifteen years. But you know, let's not get too far along on that bandwagon yet. As you were mentioning before we came on, they're number two in the in the power rankings now. For but, ESPN. I don't know where yeah. MLS decided to place them. MLS is on some sort of like psychotics most of the time trying to figure that out. But yes, go ahead. But, you know, they beat Inter Miami, a team that didn't have a preseason game. They they beat a, a pretty poor uh, Red Bull team. Um, Austin without ring. You know, they were uh, at LAFC. We're finding out now is really, really bad right now. So there are four wins. Yes, they won the game. And, and someone was talking to me over the weekend and said, isn't the sign of a good team, a team that wins the games it's supposed to win? Yes. And the Galaxy have done that. Um, but we could see how far they have to go because they really weren't in the Seattle game much, much at all. So we can see they still have ways to go. But all these little things are important. You A clean sheet against a team that, again, is a little bit toothless, it's still a clean sheet. It builds momentum. It builds confidence. Um, so these wins are helping. Um, it, it does help maybe to have a little bit of an easy start to a schedule, uh, you know, as far as the opposition, to get things heading in the right direction. And and the Galaxy feel really good about where they are right now. I mean, it, it's a happy dressing room. There's there's not a lot of discontent. People aren't even complaining that we know about, about playing time. Everyone's pretty happy with the lineup decisions. Alvarez gets to play a lot. He's played really well, I thought, in the last two games. Right. It just seems like a happy bunch. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, if you're winning, you're, you're usually pretty happy. I, again, I, you know, I think that Seattle is so far head and shoulders above everybody else that you sort of have to sit back and say, OK, they're the best right now. And we'll see whether they regress or not. Um, I think they had a shaky first, you know, maybe 20 or 35 minutes against LAFC on Sunday night. Um, and then they came back and were just exactly as you'd expect. Brian Schmetzer has that team dialed in. They're all doing things. And by the way. Um, for everybody saying, you know, that, that LAFC is missing some players, um, you know, Seattle's missing players too. Nico Ladero and Jordan, and Jordan Morris aren't there. And somehow Seattle's still head and shoulders right well, now. And above. Stephen Fry. Yep. I guess you have to be named Stefan to play goalkeeper. There I was going to say, the yes. Backup guy, Stephen Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, no, and Stefan Fry's not there. I mean, they're they're missing guys, and they're still performing. Um, so, I, as far as I'm concerned, Seattle is a is a prime favorite to be, you know, to to go to MLS Cup. And anybody who sort of wrote them off, I think, did so at their own peril. Um, just seeing the form that Seattle has been in the last five, six, seven years. Greg Vanny even talked about it as well. So Seattle's head and shoulders above. I have no problem with the Galaxy going up to Seattle, trying a different thing. Remember, uh, Seattle scored two goals in three minutes. Uh, that really put them put them out put the game out of reach for the LA Galaxy. Outside of that, yes, I don't think the Galaxy created offense very well. I thought the defense for Seattle, which is one of the best defense, which is the best defense in the league right now, is really good. Outside of that, um, I thought the Galaxy played well in some spots and did some things. So um, to me, losing to Seattle like that isn't much. It says that you're not as good as Seattle, which I agree. The LA Galaxy aren't as good as Seattle right now. Uh, ESPN has the the power rankings with uh, the Galaxy at number two. That's too high. Um, I don't think that the Galaxy are probably a top top 10 team in major league soccer right now, the way that they're playing right now and the way everybody else is playing right now, that seems about fair. Um, as far as I can tell, but when you see games like this Austin game where you put in the lineup, is it a first choice lineup? It's not perfect. 
right? It's not perfect, and it's not exactly where Greg Vanny wants to go, but you put Cabral on the bench. You get Victor Vasquez back on the bench. And by the way, a real plus is not having to play Victor Vasquez in this game, giving him a little bit extra time, possibly having to play in Portland on the turf uh, with a, still recovering from his groin injury, uh, but not having to play Vasquez in this game was a huge plus for the LA Galaxy um, in this. I thought Alvarez played well. I think Chicharito missed two or three prime opportunities outside of the penalty kick, and there was the penalty kick in the first half. I mean, let's face it, that first half, Kevin, was the best half of soccer I think we've seen the LA Galaxy play all year. But you know what about Chicharito is last year, you know, he had some wild misses. I think he put seven of 21 shots on target. That's not a very good percentage for a striker that plays as close as he does. You know, this year he he's shooting 60%, meaning he's putting 60% of his shots on target. He's taking 15 shots, nine on target, seven goals. The percentages are great. And there's only one other player uh, with more than two goals in MLS that has a better shooting percentage than, than uh, Chicharito. The game uh, against Austin was the first game this season where he has missed two shots mm-hmm. in, in one game. So it's a totally different Chicharito, and, and he's just dialed in right now. They're just, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, whatever happened to him in the offseason has, has really changed him. And we've seen it too. He, last year, we didn't hear from him at all. He rarely spoke to the media, which again, you know, that's, that's his prerogative. This year, he's been there every time. There was one time when the, the communication staff said, no, we, you know, you don't have to speak to the media today. He insisted. Yeah. He kind of crashed the Zoom session just to talk to us. Yeah. So he, uh, it's he, a different guy. Yeah, he's been that way. I mean, you know, and obviously when they're winning, um, you know, he wants to be there. I have a feeling even if this team loses a couple games, that Chicharito is still going to be there. He's a leader in that locker room. I know everybody sort of likes to either guess or second guess that, Kevin. And for me, that's not really a second guess situation. I'm telling you, he's a leader in the locker room. Everybody talks about it whenever they whenever we talk to them. Uh, Sasha Kleshin is one of those guys. Victor Vasquez is one of those guys. You know, they have a good core right now of guys. And the fact is you get Grant Sear in there. You get Kevin Cabral now. So now you have two French guys who get to stand next to each other. You're going to get uh, Sega Koulibaly. Don't say it. Sega Koulibaly. Uh, everybody was like uh, that Atari joke. Sega Koulibaly uh, coming in as well. That's three French guys. We're going to tell you about the fourth French guy who's coming a little bit later as well. And there's possibly another mystery person as well. So we, we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about and sort of get there. But what I'm saying is that this is a team of players who are working hard. And, um, you know, I think everybody's noticed the LA Galaxy will outwork you. They don't have to be better than you. They will outwork you. And that's not something that you can say about LA Galaxy teams over the last maybe three or four years. But you could say it about every Greg Vanny coach team ever. Uh, that's Vanny's MO. Um, yeah, he likes talented players. And he had, um, you know, the highest payroll team in MLS in Toronto every year. Toronto was up there with, with Bradley and and Josie Altador and, and Vasquez when he was there. Um yeah, they have big name players, but the the reason they won is because they work really hard. Um, it, I think it's really interesting when you talk about can one person change a franchise. I think you could argue that Greg Vanny may have done it with just the the culture that he talked about afterwards, and Special Jet talked about how it's different. The Galaxy, a team uh, that won six games last year, already won four this season. They're within ten points of their whole season total from last year. But then look at Toronto. They're third from the bottom in the Supporters' Shield standing. Same team that Vanny had last year that came within a couple of points of winning the Supporters' Shield last year, winning the Eastern Conference. That team is is now down in standings, and, and a Galaxy team that was terrible is now at the top. 
Yeah, it's uh, hey, you know, it flips around and everybody wants to say it's early. I understand it's early. Um, that makes sense to me. I just I really like this start that they had. Um, and in particular, I want to highlight a guy who who continues, I think, to get maybe some unfair hate. And Greg Vanny sig- uh, uh, singled out in his post game as well, which was uh, Sam Grancier. Right. I thought Grancier had the best half we've seen from him. It wasn't perfect. You didn't get everything you wanted to get. But look at how many times Grant Sear showed up in places where you needed him to be, Kevin. Look at the positioning he had. I mean, in the second minute, he could have had the opening goal whenever the ball got switched over to him inside the box. He didn't hit it great, but he was in the right spot at the right time. He had a bunch of those plays throughout his, you know, 60-something minutes, I think he is. He ended up playing. Um, and so uh, Greg Vanny even singled him out afterwards and said, you know, he was he's finally starting to work himself in. You can see it. You can see that he's starting to get in a little more game shape. He's able to sustain those runs a little bit. Um, and, you know, I think people were looking at him after about the 40th minute or so, he made a long run and he was gassed. And you could see him sort of bent over and sort of gassed. Yeah, that dude was running up and down the sideline chasing things for, you know, 40 plus minutes um, at a pretty high clip. So uh, I think that if you're a patient person, um, like I usually am with players whenever they come in, uh, I think you look at Grant Sierra and you go, this 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 is probably going to work out because you've seen um, I've seen certainly on social media a lot of hesitancy in terms of uh, giving him the benefit of the doubt. They don't you know, it's like, hey, let's get rid of him. You know, he's trash. He shouldn't be playing. No, no, no. He's he's got skill. You can see it there. He, he has some speed in in spurts, not long speed, right? Not like over a long sprint, but in quickness in terms of getting up to places and doing things. I really like him. I think he has the technical ability too. He had a cut back inside the box where he split two defenders, almost got the third one. Um, and that's what you want to see from him. So um, I really like what I'm seeing from him. And I, I really think that he's starting to sort of, uh, you know, mold himself into what Greg Vanny wants him to be. Okay, coach, then what do you do this weekend? Because you got Kevin Cabral, who is electric, game-changing. We only saw him for about 20 minutes, but or almost 30 minutes, I guess. But wow, um, you know, he barely offside on that goal. Uh, you know, I think if the call had gone the other way, I don't think Austin would have uh, put up much of an argument. Um, he is the kind of guy that is going to unlock a ton of stuff for Chicharito. And there's only one place that where he can go. I think he's got to go in Grant Sear's spot. So do you play Grant Sear and let him continue to work himself into fitness, or do you put Cabral in there, who is arguably the second best player on the team? I think you're sm- I think you're on drugs again. Who wh- wh- who do you think you're not going to be playing? Who do you think? Where do you think somebody's not going? You're going to you worried about Efrain Alvarez? Is that who you worried about? Because Alvarez sits hits the bench. Cabral comes in on the left hand side. Grant Sierra's on the right hand side, right? And then you have a center of, and you get to pick now. You get a center of Jonathan Dos Santos. He's probably starting. Sebastian Legette. He's probably starting. So who do you want to pair him with? You want to put him with Saldana? You want to put him with Harvey? You want to put him with Va- Vasquez? How do you want to do this? There's a bunch of different ways to do that. But in my mind, there's no way that Grant Sierra is hitting the bench anytime soon. It's going to be Cabral coming in and fitting in for somebody like Efrain Alvarez. Well, I, Efrain has played really well, I thought, the last two weeks. So you're going to go with the French connection. You're going have the French guys outside and yeah I mean yeah yeah absolutely I'm gonna have the French connection that's what they brought him in for that's what we've been waiting for that's the num- that's the best starting lineup the LA Galaxy have at least in theory that's the best starting lineup that the LA Galaxy have um and I think Cabral coming in listen we only saw a little bit of him I was I, I liked everything I saw I don't I'm I'm not going to be saying that I don't know that I'm as high as you in terms of uh on him as you are in terms of uh, his game changing abilities all this stuff I think he probably has that um, I just think we saw a guy in a comfortable position and Greg Van even said it was nice to bring him in whenever we were already winning, 
right? It was nice that he didn't have that pressure on him that we needed to get a goal or anything else um, because how it goes. But right now, um, I, I think that uh, him coming into the game or into a starting lineup is going to be huge for the LA Galaxy. And then to be able to come in off the bench and get somebody like Efrain Alvarez or uh, Cameron Dunbar, I really, really, really want to see Cabral run up and down the left-hand side, tiring people out. And then whenever they're like so exhausted, they could barely stand. They bring in Cameron Dunbar who just like glides past people whenever he's like, like going 50%. Um, well, and, and again, I think that speed opens up a lot of stuff for Chicharito, whoever it is, whether it's Cabral or Dunbar or whomever. I think, I just think that that is just going to open a ton of space for Chicharito because with those guys being so fast, you really have to make sure one, maybe two guys are watching them at all times. And that's one fewer person that can be worried about Chicharito. So I just think it, it, you know, another thing is Vanny has given six players now with Cabral, six players have got their MLS debut and these are experienced players. It's not like, uh, you know, uh, 16-year-old kid that came up from Galaxy 2 and you know ran around for a couple of minutes at the end of a game. These are guys coming from you know France, uh, guys who played for national teams in some cases. Um, you know these are quality people that are making their debut and, and changing the Galaxy as they come along. And as you mentioned, there are there are at one probably two more on the way. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that way. We're going to get into uh, into all those. I, you know who was interesting for me, um, who I think played very well defensively, but struggled on the offensive side a little bit. Um, I want to say that uh, I'm going to uh, uh, that Carlos Harvey played really well on the defensive side of things. And I, I sort of looked up the stats to sort of see he was a problem in the midfield for Austin, who was certainly without a leader in that midfield. Um, Austin didn't have much going through the center, but whenever they tried to work through the center, Carlos Harvey played really well. And it's fun to see Greg Vanny switch between Saldana and Harvey, right? They bring two different looks. You have Harvey, which is more physical, but still has great technical ability. Um, Saldana is probably more of the finesse sort of player who's able to split two guys and go in between two guys and sort of create an open space. And uh, certainly it was his pass out to Araujo uh, that created, I think, created the second goal. It was Saldana to Araujo, Araujo into Kleshen, Kleshen back to Araujo is what it did. But it was Saldana sort of cutting inside a little bit and splitting two or three Austin players to find Araujo on the end. It was a skip pass. They skipped some lines with it. And because of that, that took two or three players out of the play. Um, I really like that from, from Saldana, but they're just different players and the way Vanny wants to use him, like if he wants to be physical in the center, then he puts Carlos Harvey in there and you can be physical. And, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos certainly can play physical in the whole deal. Uh, by the way, uh, Nick gave us a little super chat, $10 super chat. Thanks, Nick, for that. Nick says, just want to say that I love Kevin's new mic and gaming chair. Uh, Nick, I'll tell you, he's had that <laughs> mic for a very, very long time. All right. So um, the gaming chair, though, Mrs. Panda bought the gaming chair because we were all sick of hearing it squeak. So now we just hear it click. I can make it squeak if you want. No, that's okay. Well, I think you know, good. Vanny did talk about that after the game when he was, I think he was talking about Cabral, uh, not necessarily Harvey, but he did say that, look, we're not going to play the same 10, 11 guys all year. We're going to, uh, we're going to change the lineup and we're going to have different looks when we do that. And that's exactly what you're talking about. By the way, Araujo's assist gives him a share of the team lead with one assist this season. Yeah, it's like 17 guys with one assist or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that that's absolutely correct. No, there's a whole bunch of guys who are uh, who are going for the 
um, who are going for the lead in the assists. I say lead because really there's no lead. There's no uh, there's no winners in this particular one. But there's currently Araujo, uh, Chicharito, uh, Kleshton, Legette, Steras, Vasquez, Williams, and Zubac all have one assist. Nobody has more than one assist. So um, I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of fun uh, for a lot of things. Um, so it's sort of fun to see how they were all going um, with this stuff and and how it goes, um, how they're going to progress and continue. Again, it's it's about finding the multitudes of ways to um, you know attack that offense, to get that offense in a whole bunch of things. Um, and so with that, um, you can sort of see that uh, the Galaxy are spreading things around. I think a lot of people want to say this is, oh, well, you know, it's all based on Chicharito scoring. And yeah, by the way, get the guy who's scoring all the goals to score all the goals. I'm fine with that too. Uh, but with Kleshin there, um, and let's see, Kleshin's there, uh, and Legette is there as well. I think you're going to find some other guys, Jonathan Dos Santos, I think you're going to find some other guys scoring goals, especially as Chicharito gets more and more um, sort of... Uh, I don't know. As Chicharito gets more and more attention, right? As the more goals he scores, the more he's going to be blanketed by by defense and a whole bunch of things. Well, I think you, the idea, I think the preseason idea was 15 goals would be a good season for him. That's out the window now. I mean, he's not. He's probably not going to get to 34, which is the record. He's on pace to certainly do that. I think mid-20s is probably where he winds up. But the goal he scored against Austin, it was an insurance goal. The game was, you know, in barely in hand. I think the Galaxy were doing a pretty good job of, of running out the clock. It was a pretty goal, but you know what? It was really important, and here's why. Because he missed that penalty kick in the first half, and he talked about that afterwards, how he said, once I missed it, I had to move on. I, I'm not, I can't go back and retake it. It's done. It's over. I missed it. The game goes on. He said, but uh, one thing that he said he learned as a kid was um, if you miss a shot, the next shot becomes the most important. If you miss a pass, the next pass becomes the most important. You just have to move on. Right. And that's why I thought that goal was important because, yeah, yeah, Chicharito says that, and that's the right thing to say. But, you know, I bet you he goes home and sleeps and thinks about that missed penalty kick if he doesn't score, especially if the Galaxy lose. But he goes away thinking, you know what, man, I'm off to such a great start, and then I missed the penalty kick. Is things catching up? You know, is is it about to turn midnight? You know, am I going to – is the glass slipper going to break? And he comes back and gets that really pretty goal, which he had to work hard to get. I, that was a huge confidence boost, and it, I, I don't think you can uh, underestimate how important that was to him. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you talked about it, missed the penalty kick, which, by the way, I think it was an okay penalty kick. It wasn't perfect. It was The height was probably the only thing that was wrong. Otherwise, it was tough. He, he's away. not really good at that, by the way. I, I guess not. I've heard that he's not, and maybe somebody else needs to take him and, and do all that stuff. By the way, Aaron uh, took care of the one thing that you asked me to take care of, um, and Aaron says, uh, but I wanted to say Chicharito broke the Zubak Whisperer curse. Uh, we always talked about how Zubak has been on the field for every goal that Chicharito has scored except for this last one, right? Well, what if... Yeah, and so we've called Zubak the Chicho Whisperer, right? He's the guy who, who somehow gets things to happen for Chicharito. Maybe it wasn't Zubak all along. Who else has been on the field for every single Chicharito goal? Jonathan Bond. I think it's Jonathan Bond. Jonathan Bond is the Chicho Whisperer. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's 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 always fun to sort of uh, take a look at that and, and see how that goes. Um I think the problem for the LA Galaxy comes for me in the second half, right? And coming out of the second half, there was a substitution. Harvey came out, Kleshin came in, um, which I don't think changes a whole bunch of things. But I think Austin made some adjustments at halftime. And I certainly think 
that Austin started to make the field a lot wider in the second half. And whenever they made it wider, they started opening up holes on that back line. Um, and I'll say that Austin was successful in attacking in the first half in the gap between uh, Via Fania and Williams, right? And really, that's Sebastian Lejet's guy. It's the second runner coming through the gap as Williams is taken by a guy inside. Somebody is pulling Via Fania outside. And somebody was running that gap. And I think Pochettino was in there a couple of times taking shots and missed a couple shots. But there was a gap there opening. And that was Legette's gap that he was trying to sort of fill and not doing a great job of sometimes. Um, the winger also trying to come back. So I think Austin saw that and said, we could do that on the other side as well. And that's sort of what happened in that second half. And we talked to Vanny afterwards. Um, certainly, I, I know you you talked to him. I think you asked him the question. But we he was saying, you know, if he was worried and he said, you know, there were 10 to 15 minutes there in the second half where he was worried, where he saw that, you know, we were not adjusting well. And again, Greg talks about adjustments and how the team has to make adjustments. Right. Um, and so it's about sometimes in the, on the fly, seeing things that are out there and making the adjustments in order to cover the the spot. And he says, you know, we're, we're getting there, but we're not there in terms of making those adjustments. So what did Greg Vanny do, Kevin, is he went with a five man back line um, and that was a huge shift in terms of, I don't think we've seen the LA Galaxy play in that formation. He brought in Nick Depew, um, which sort of slotted Nick in as a third center back. Then you had a Rajo on the right-hand side via Fania on the left-hand side uh, to sort of push up those wings, but also in defense do that. And as soon as they did that, everything settled back down and they actually got a goal out of that as well with a Rajo pressing forward and eventually getting the early cross, which by the way, God bless that young man and his early cross. I love early crosses. I hate it whenever guys on the outside take an extra touch, Kevin, and there was no extra touch there was he hit it first time and he found Chicharito he curled that ball around the back of the defense Chicharito was onside which I thought he was offside at first um, but he was onside he finished it uh, and he gets the second goal and that takes all the pressure off you're done that's it and that's how you close out games um, is doing that making adjustments Greg Vanny made the adjustments um, and he comes out and he gets rewarded for it well and let's talk about them playing as a team with the give and go Clashton and Araujo the oldest guy on the team and one of the youngest guys on the team working that to perfection like they'd been playing together their whole lives yeah yeah it's uh it's it again just some 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 really good play there and especially to sort of see that game out um as it goes um i i have like sort of my final thoughts that i wanted on the game here and one of them is i don't even think about jonathan bond anymore um he's a goalkeeper and he's back there and you know he's going to play good and you don't have to think about him and I think the defense is playing that way too which is we know there's a good goalkeeper back there we don't have to worry about it it's not and coming from David Bingham who I think is an above average MLS keeper but is still you know in that average sort of above plus you know slightly plus um uh category there uh, there was always worries that things were going to get by David Bingham or that there was going to be a gaffe from David Bingham. I mean, Jonathan Bond had his first sort of spill in this game. Um, and I think Sasha Kleshin ended up stopping it or Dan Starris stopped it as the ball came back through him as he spilled it through the center and they were able to clear it. And that was one of the big chances for Austin um, in that game. And it ended up being not not a thing. It wasn't even really a big chance. But for me, Jonathan Bond has been such a sea change from everything else that is going, you talk about confidence, just knowing that there's a guy back there behind you that's going to play good. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's just, it's a weird thing to think about, but I don't think about Jonathan Bond there. I'm not like, oh, let's see how Jonathan Bond's going to play today. No, no, no. You, you know that through five games, you know, you've seen. Well, and Kevin Hartman, I think, has done a really good job working with him. One of the things I like about Bond is when you talk to him, his attitude, um, you know, a lot of – to be a good goalkeeper, you have to be like a closer in baseball. You have to forget what just happened because tomorrow you're going to be out there again. It's the same thing with a goalkeeper. You, you can't worry about the last goal. You have to move on. it. And 
when you listen to Jonathan Bond, he, when uh, somebody talked to him, I think last week, and they said, you know, all oh, the defense has been a little bit shaky. Are you concerned? And he said, shaky. And he said, look, in the Miami game, one goal we gave up was offside. The other was a penalty kick. Uh, in the Seattle game, there were two goals within four minutes. Wipeouts out four minutes. It's one to nothing. He just goes and he explains away each goal. And, and yeah, it's a little bit wishful thinking, but I like that attitude of we didn't make any mistakes. You know, he is learning from them. He's not just sloughing it off. That's not what I mean. Right. But I mean, he is not dwelling on them. He's not thinking, how did that happen? He's already saying, okay, that was a mistake. We've moved on. We're, you know, it was a penalty kick. We shouldn't have given up the penalty. And he's stressing the positive. And I think that's so important for, a, like I said, a closer in baseball or a goalkeeper thinking about the positive moving on sort of like Chicharito did with that penalty kick uh, I think that's something that Jonathan Bond has brought to the defense too I'm sure those are the conversations he has with those guys like forget that one guys you know we gave that one up let's move on let's not give up anymore yeah it was uh it's just refreshing to sort of see that uh for me I think I talked about Harvey already but he was good defensively but slow on the offense I'd like to see him move the ball a little bit quicker be a little bit more decisive in his passing and use the time that he has and pass that along to other people especially in this Austin game uh, I liked Saldana coming in for him and adding sort of a change of pace to that I think that was good um I love that Greg Vanny's teams and this is certainly a Bruce Arena th- trait too um, but I love Greg Vanny's teams passing the ball on the back side to side and everybody goes, oh, you know, when the ball's not moving real well and it's being passed back to back along the defense and sort of opening stuff up. Um, I think people underestimate what that does to, you know, the defensive set and how things happen. Uh, that second goal was because of that passing side to side. It was passing side to side, trying to open up lanes. The lane opened, the LA Galaxy go up the right hand side and they score. Um, the patience that that shows, the knowing that you don't have to press it sometimes, and especially winning one nothing, you do not have to press that ball into a dangerous situation. You do not have to press the play. You do not have to press the tempo in that spot. I'm not saying play slowly. But certainly looking at how the Galaxy created that second goal for me was such a good team goal just in movement um, and flow and out of a different formation than really they've been playing as well. So um, all of that for was was really important for me. And the final thing for me is Greg Vanny doesn't care who you are. He's going to sub anybody. Uh, Chicharito, look at him subbing Chicharito in these games earlier in games, right? Um, looking at him, look at him, look at him subbing Sebastian Legette in the 60th minute. I think that's a couple games now. He subbed him right around that time. Um, so all of those things, Kevin, whenever you look at this, for me, it shows that Greg Vanny one trusts his bench, but is giving that confidence to the bench players as well saying, I may put you in for a guy who can change the game. If you pull Chicharito off of the field, you're pulling off somebody who can change the game. And we know that. Um, the same with Sebastian Legette. If you pull him off the field, uh, then we know that he can change the game as well. And so if you're doing it, you're putting somebody in that clearly you have more confidence in. Um, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's just, you know, me sort of being uh, picky or attentive on that. But for me, that's a huge shift in terms of how the Yellow Galaxy have played in recent years. Well, look who Chicharito came out for. Yeah. Who was that? Was Oh, was that Cabral? No, it wasn't. It was no, it was, Zubek. It was Zubek, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Zubek. So they, they, it, Greg made it impossible to continue that uh, that Zubek taking one out for the other. Don't forget the first goal uh, either. I mean, that was a great pass by Steris. Something he does really well. He picks his head up. A lot of defenders don't do that. They look for the the short, quick outlet pass. Um, you know, he, he was the one that got Zalatan started. Don't forget. You know, that's where that whole thing came from. Right. Uh, he looked up, saw that uh, Legette was prepared to make a run. Uh, a lot of guys don't make the pass from that deep in their own end. Uh, that was a great play, and it it, it sort of opened things up. Yeah, it, it really has. And by the way, uh, back-to-back games 
center backs had assists. I would just like to point that Williams got it against LAFC and Chicharito. And then, uh, then Stara's got it with, uh, with Sebastian Lejet. And by the way, Araujo got it in the second one as well. So all defenders, uh, in, in the Austin game, getting the assists on that. Also, uh, Klushin picked up the hockey assist, uh, with the, uh, pass to Araujo as well. So really that was, should have been Saldana's assist. If you're really talking about how it goes. Um, so for me, uh, I am really, uh, I, I really liked what I saw against Austin. I really thought that the LA Galaxy played well um, for large stretches that game. I think that they weren't overly tested. There was, again, 10 to 15 minutes. I'll agree with Greg Vanny on that. There was 10 to 15 minutes of sort of, oh, okay, maybe this isn't going to be as easy as everybody thought it was in the first half. But uh, throwing that out, that's the most complete game we've seen from the LA Galaxy in their five games so far. So um, Greg says definitely a step forward, um, and I think I can I can agree with that. Uh, it seems to be a step forward. And a couple of tough games coming up, at least when you look at the teams in the in the preseason, when you got Portland and then San Jose is playing really well. So again, you know, I think it's uh, beginning of the schedule has been a little bit soft, but that's not bad. It gives you a chance to build momentum, feel good about yourself, and that's where the Galaxy are. You know, we talk so much about the goals the Galaxy have conceded, and it's they've scored ten, allowed eight, so they're just plus two overall. But at home, the LA Galaxy now undefeated in twenty twenty one, three zero and zero with seven goals scored and just three goals conceded. So uh, that's not we we've talked so much about making uh, you know the home stadium, Dignity Hill Sports Park, this this. Uh, this fortress. fortress, yeah, this fortress, right? And it used to be under Bruce Arena. Bruce didn't lose home games. That's not how. That's not how it went. Um, certainly did towards the end there in 2015, 2016, I want to say. Um, but at the same time, whenever the Galaxy were good, they won their games at home. So far, three zero and zero, seven goals scored, three goals conceded. Um, let's see. We talked about Chicharito's seventh goal of the season. He leads MLS right now. Uh, he has seven goals, one assist. Uh, and by the way, if you're looking at him in his career uh, with uh, with the LA Galaxy, Hernandez now has nine goals and one assist in 16 MLS games. Putting it as a whole, Kevin, and, and he missed a whole bunch of games last year, which is why you can sort of add it together and it still isn't a huge amount of games. Um, but as a whole, that's not even a bad start whenever you look at that. Uh, nine and, goals and, in 16 games. And it says most, most goals in a season since 2017-18 with West Ham when he scored eight. Most yep. league goals. So, uh, you know, for Chicharito, off to a pretty good... I mean, in, in recent history, remember, 2017-2018, that's when he was leading the Mexican national team into the World Cup. So, um, off to a very good start for him. Uh, maybe even... I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I bet you if you go back and look, he's never had this quick a start before. Yeah, I think the last time he scored this many goals was with West Ham. Um, and so you'd have to go back to West Ham to even get him to score this many goals, perhaps in a season. So, um, but a very, very quick start for it. Uh, Legette now has 21 goals and 23 assists in 135 appearances with the club. Uh, midfielder Sasha Kleschen tallied his 94th assist of his major league soccer career, the most among active players in major league soccer. So Sasha Kleschen alone right now. Um, and those 94 assists right now are eighth most in MLS history. So, um, just a whole bunch of cool sort of notes. Um, in all, the club had seven players featured during Sunday's match that came through the club's developmental system. And this has been sort of a talking point around Major League Soccer. Um, you had Daniel Steres, uh, Depew, Araujo, Alvarez, Harvey, Adam Saldana, and Ethan Zubak. So, um, you know, just some just some good things to, to sort of look at whenever we take a look at the LA Galaxy and what they've been doing um, this year. Uh we talked about the start, Kevin. I want to give a little chart before we get too far out of all of this. Um, the LA Galaxy now, you said, off to their second best start in the last 15 years. Absolutely true. Um, if you look at it, it's their tied for the third best start overall in club history. Uh, the 2019 team, however, and this is where we get to pump the brakes, right? 2019 team barely scraped into the playoffs. 
um, also had the same number of points through the first five games. Uh, in fact, I think they go all the way to the sixth or seventh game for the LA Galaxy whenever you look at uh, their start through that in 2019. So the, even the 2021 LA Galaxy have the ways to go. And certainly it shows the inconsistency of that 2019 team that they were able to start so fast and then they slowly drifted towards the uh, the, the middle of that pack eventually uh, to make the playoffs. So I don't think anybody should jump up and down yet. Um, and certainly... I would say, Kevin, that there is a um, there is something to the fact that you look at the teams the Galaxy have played and said, OK, well, they're not world beaters. The only the, they probably played the best team in the league with Seattle and they got beat pretty handedly. So you could have that. But I also don't think that New York is that bad. I also don't think that Miami is that bad. Maybe they got they caught those teams at the right time. So you could say that. Um, but I think those wins are going to end up showing a little bit better as those teams play and get better as well. So I think for the Galaxy, they're going to end up being, you know, they should be in sort of the middle of the pack, maybe a little bit above that that playoff line right now in the Western Conference, if you're really trying to rank the Western Conference teams in order of, of, of danger. Every time you show that little graphic of the t- team start, it always looks like a cityscape to me. It's like a Rorschach test. Yeah. Like, what do you see? And I don't see San Diego. That's what I see. I, I see some very bad teams in 2020. The LA Galaxy had two points through five games. I would just like to point that out. Um, so it, it can go a lot worse. All right. I just, I, I know everybody knows that, but it can go a lot worse. Um, we talked, uh, about Julian Araujo, Kevin, you said he was man of the match for you. I think MLS, was. I think MLS agrees. Uh, MLS gets Julian Araujo as a defender on team of the week. Uh, so Araujo places in there. They're like, Oh, Araujo plays left back. Now let's just give MLS credit for going with a four man back line this time, Kevin, unlike well, most times where they go with like a three man back line, they sort of switch around how many defenders they want to put in team of the week. Uh, and because of that, uh, Araujo gets uh, gets his slot in there and it makes gets it. It's a four four two, but like Bruce Arena would say, formations don't really matter. They don't. Um, there's it's it, it's uh, there's a bunch of Seattle players on this, which I thought were obviously uh, well deserved. Uh, Christian Roldan and his brother Alex Roldan both play play great. Ariaga was really good too. Uh, if you're looking at somebody for next week in Portland, uh, Williamson is really starting to turn things on for uh, for Portland and had a really good game against San Jose. Um, and however Portland ended up winning that game and however much Almeida wants to complain about Portland sitting back and playing some counterattacking uh, soccer, it doesn't matter because Portland ended up winning that game and played uh, very well against San Jose in order to do it. So uh, just some fun things to sort of take a look at as we, uh, as we go through that stuff. Um, we talked about the assist, Kevin. We talked about Team of the Week, so we got that. Uh, just by the way, I wanted to give uh, Araujo's stats. Uh, he had one chance created, which the LA Galaxy scored on. Uh, 62 touches, 54 passes. He had an 88.9% uh, pass accuracy. Uh, two tackles. Carlos Harvey actually had four tackles in the midfield. It was one of the reasons that he sort of popped out to me on the defensive side. And then he had one assist to Chicharito in the uh, 77th minute. So, What do you think of Viafani? I, I spent a lot of time just watching him. And I thought he, he wasn't spectacular, wasn't involved in, you know, every scoring opportunity, but he was working really hard. I thought he had a high work rate. I thought he was pretty effective. Um, uh, I don't know. I thought he had a, uh, certainly not a man of match game, but I think he had a better than average game. Guess what? He always has better than average games. He is always just, again, he's like Jonathan Bond and it's almost like he plays and he just disappears, but he does things. It's not disappear in the bad way. He disappears in the good way. He's just solid on that side. Again, we've seen him so many times. He did it against LAFC. Um, he did it against New York as well with New York's high press and, and the way that they press too, which is stepping through challenges, stepping through two or three guys on that side. He'll get the ball 
New York or, or Austin will think that they have him pinned up against the side and he just goes between them. He's going to just, it's, it's fine. I'll just step around you guys. And he steps through two guys and he breaks open plays. Um, it's his best move. It's the thing that he does probably the best out of anybody on that team is breaking through, um, you know, traps that are coming his way. Uh, and he does it with sort of this nonchalant attitude, like he's not working hard. And that's such an extremely difficult thing to do to play in tight space. Uh, via Fania, is an upgrade over um, uh, Insua, which I thought Insua was really solid last year. So seeing, uh, um, you know, Viafania, we talk, I think we've talked about the Galaxy having to hit on the guys that they brought in and having to be improvements of the guys that they brought in, Kevin. I think Viafania is an improvement over Insua. So you sit there and say that was that's a win on that part. Well, and you talk about the guys that don't get noticed, Bond and Viafania. It's like offensive linemen. The best offensive linemen are the guys you've never heard of. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you're right, you're right. No, I mean, that's how it is with defenders, right? I mean, unless you're a flashy defender making sliding tackles, doing all sorts of, unless you're Derek Williams out there, de- slide tackle assists, um, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't mention a defender's name for, for, for most of the game. Um, well, yeah. I just got a note from Larry Morgan who did not pay to send it to you. He sent it to me, right. not on Twitter, because he's not on Twitter. Right. But he, he says Viafania is Todd Dunovit solid. Yeah. Let's see. Would I agree with that? I mean, it's it's a short period of time to see to watch Viafania. And we watched Todd Donovan be just the solid uh, everyday left back for the LA Galaxy for years and years. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has that sort of confidence. I'll say that. Um, and that's what I want to see from defenders. I don't need flashy defenders. I want, you know, Araujo is plenty flashy for everybody. And that's not a knock. That's a good thing. Um, he plays really well. I, I love that Greg was talking about what Araujo has been doing better in the last couple of games. And he's like, we just told him to focus on defense. Like they're like, just work. They're like, you know how to attack. So you're fine. But remember, you're a defender first. It's like, well, you know, what's really interesting about that is that we asked him during the week, what, what do you like playing? Do you like being a winger or a right back? Because there is a difference. If you're a right back, your first uh, responsibility is defense. Yes, you can get involved in the attack. If you're a winger, it's the opposite. He said he likes playing right back, which I think may have maybe he was talking to Greg Vanny when he said that. Is right. like I got it. I know I'm a defender. I'm a right back, and sometimes I'll touch the ball and get an assist with a great pass, like I did on second goal. But I know I'm a defender. By the way, you talked about the power rankings and how the Galaxy aren't number two. Um, Seattle far and away number one. We know that. Yes. I don't know. I think my number two team might be Bruce Arena's New England Revolution. Hey, ML or ESPN has them as number three. Um, so that's not, I, I agree. I think that they've been playing very well. I, here's the thing is that once you get from Seattle and maybe new England in there, um, it, it's sort of hard for me to bunch everybody else, right? It's like, okay, so you're going to put those two. Okay. Orlando city. Eh, they've been hit and miss. I think that they've, uh, they've done well. I think Oscar Perea is one of the best coaches in major league soccer. So I think they're fine. Um, you know, Orlando city's in there, New York city, who I guess who's been playing well. And I just cannot watch a game when they play at Yankee stadium. It drives me nuts. Um, so however good they're playing, that's one, the Colorado Rapids are the, are the team that everybody is sort of saying, Whoa, you know, and, and everybody looked at the off season and sort of looked at them and said, Maybe maybe this team is going to be okay under Robin Frazier, and he was sort of you know building a good team together in the Colorado Rapids. At least in ESPN's power rankings are up in the sixth spot. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is there. San Jose Earthquakes, who have played really well but struggled against Portland at home, um, so that was a little bump in their in their road that I, I don't think Almeida is going to take kindly to. Um, and he was he was whining about it too. It was I just I love whenever he he starts talking and, and getting really upset about it. But uh, see, that's bad for a team when the coach starts saying. 
oh, you didn't give us a chance to win. Yeah. The coach is supposed to say, I didn't make the adjustments. That's why we didn't win. That's what that's what Greg Fanny would say. Uh, yeah, um, uh, Bruce Arena did get away with a lot of whining when he was here, though. That's true. I mean, I, you know, that, that was Bruce's that was Bruce's M.O. Uh, that was fine. So anyway, so I mean, there's some good teams in the West. There's some good teams the Galaxy are playing against. Uh, the next two games are difficult games. Portland and San Jose for the for the LA Galaxy are both having San Jose at home probably helps a little bit. Um, but it's not going to that's not going to be an easy game. That one coming up at the end, at the end of May. But, but you know what? When you look at supporter shield standings, when you want to talk about the conferences, we got to say this. If we say New England's a good team and maybe Columbus, you know, the defending champions, I think Atlanta's probably in there. Maybe Philadelphia once they figure some things out after Champions League. Those teams are all going to play Cincinnati and Chicago Fire three times yeah. each. The Galaxy are going to play Seattle and LAFC and San Jose three times each. That's just not fair. Cincinnati is is such this enigma. They are spending so much money to be that bad, Kevin. Um, and it looked and like they got they, a new stadium to be bad in too. Yeah, and it looked like they were going to draw that game. And I think Miami it was they were playing Miami this weekend, right? And Miami came back to win that game. Hey. Kenneth Vermeer is a step up for them at goalkeeper. That's that's how, how sad they are. So, um, yeah, I, I have to imagine FC Cincinnati eventually floats towards the center of this. Just with the amount of money they're spending, I can't see them being as horrible as they currently are. Something has to change. And they have a gorgeous stadium. Um, and so I have to imagine uh, all those people are... are, are Chicago's a mess. They're going to be a mess all year. And they, I think they have two home games coming up. So if they were ever going to win a game, this is it. And I, I want to say that it's like they're winless in seven or eight. Um, and that goes back to last year as well. So, I mean, they have problems. So, yeah, I mean, the Eastern Conference does look at the bottom. Certainly the Eastern Conference isn't isn't great. Um, if we go to the standings and look at that, yeah, Cincinnati and Chicago at the bottom, Toronto at the bottom. Uh, Greg Vanny leaves and Toronto can't seem to string anything together. Maybe he knew something was was going on with that um, whenever he left. So you have that uh, Columbus. Um, I'm going to call them the Columbus crew because I, I don't yeah. like that rebrand. But they're, they're going to be they're going to be better. I mean, they're going to figure it out. They're just too good to be down there too long. Giossi's artist is uh, is struggling right now. He's not scoring goals for them. And if he's not scoring, then then I don't know that that's going to help him. You have DC United who's slightly above Columbus. Well, you could put Bradley Red Phillips in there and put Giossi at right back again. Yeah, yeah I'm sure I'm sure Giossi would they'd have to go to another team after that. Uh, you know, New York Red Bulls at nine and then Nashville. Nashville is their solid, solid team defense. One of the best defenses in the league and they're not going to give up a whole bunch of goals and just keep watching them they're going to get better as this goes along the whole deal Miami is one of the teams the LA Galaxy beat sitting at seventh right now uh Philadelphia Montreal Atlanta New York City Orlando New England at the top there with 11 points so um yeah so so that's how it goes uh, oh, Columbus changed their name back to to Columbus Crew. Yes, they did. Did yeah. you see that? I did. I missed yes. that today. The fans won. The fans won the Super League thing, and now they won the Columbus Crew. That was so. The fans are two and zero now worldwide here with uh, soccer stuff. I kept wanting to go to South Carolina to see where Columbus was in, in South Carolina because that's where I'm sure that's where Columbus was going to play. Um, so. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. That's that's great. Um, so there was that. And then if we look in the Western Conference right now, um, you know, at the top is Seattle. We know that 16 points. They played one more game than the LA Galaxy as well. So that gap is actually pretty good. 2.4 points per game for the Galaxy, 2.67 for Seattle right now. Uh, and then it drops significantly back to Kansas City, who has played six games, but only has is at 1.67 points per game. Colorado, who sits in fourth with five points, <coughs> excuse me, five games played and 10 points. Uh, is at two points per game. So big test for them this weekend. Who Colorado? 
Yeah, yeah at LAFC at, with Vela. Right. So so we'll see how that. And then, of course, we know uh, Vancouver under the line right now. Vancouver, not as horrible as maybe we thought. They're actually above Portland right now. And Portland is sort of hit and miss in the last couple of weeks. But maybe they figured something out against San Jose. So we'll see. Austin is in. And they'll be on the turf against the Galaxy. So that helps them. They will. Uh, 10th for Austin, 11th for Minnesota, 12th for Dallas and LAFC right now at the very bottom uh, in, uh, in 13th place with just five points from five games. So averaging 1.00 points per game. Uh, Worst start ever for them and the first time they've ever been in last place it's like that that team's like four years old i mean mo- almost everything is either the best or the worst with them most of the time yeah that's it? true i, I, I mean, hadn't thought about that that's true i was i you know whenever you're tired you at least have to have some history before you do that it's like whenever i always like it whenever the galaxy like the galaxy now uh now have the their best winning record is against austin they've played them once they they beat them they're they're you know 100 well, percent. never lost to austin never lost to austin absolutely so um yeah so that's where we sort of sit there uh with all the standings now i want to get through our weekly schedule real quick and the LA Galaxy were off today on Monday as we're recording they will be back training on Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Thursday's our media call um, so you can expect to get some updates from the LA Galaxy then around 12 12 ish to one ish in there is when you probably see uh, some of the stuff start coming out from the reporters who we talked to um, who will be talking to Greg Vanny and some selected players as they get ready um, and then the LA Galaxy will travel to Portland on Friday right now, Kevin. The game is on Saturday at 1230. Yeah, but it's so early. Yes. Yeah, that's why. Um, The LA Galaxy game is at 1230 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, May 22nd. So the Galaxy get to fly up Friday. But that means you can leave like Friday morning and get up there early and you could do all the stuff that you sort of wanted. You don't have to like, you know, rush it in order to get up there. So um, I think that will be better for the LA Galaxy. We'll see. The Rose City. Yeah, it will be nice place. I think this is a really difficult game for the LA Galaxy. One playing in Portland, uh, not a place that they usually get great results. Um, there's been some great games up in Portland, but uh, it, it's a tough place to play. Uh, perhaps the limited capacity will help the Galaxy out there and, and not have to face, you know, the full full voice of the Timbers army there and, and a whole bunch of other things. But I mean, this is a perfect test. Um, I by no means think that the LA Galaxy need to win this game in Portland to prove anything. Uh, I would like to see them be competitive. I would like to see them, you know, try to get points. Uh, and if they can, they can. If they can't, they can't. That does not make or break their season right now. Um, just matching up against a good team is is really important for them. You know what's going to be interesting is all the players that we mentioned, the six uh, players who made their MLS debut. So we have Bond, Williams, Grant Sear, uh, Cabral. Uh, a lot of these guys coming over from Europe, they haven't played on turf. I mean, maybe ever, maybe they've never even seen a turf field. Um, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, especially well, for the outfield players. I, I have and, to, well, in bond too, the way the ball bounces. I have to imagine at some point they played on a turf field. I'm not saying it's it's like it never happened, but when you go to places that get snow and have winter, there's usually turf fields somewhere that they train on. Not very often, but on occasion, whenever the regular field isn't there, I have to imagine that they have all seen it. I'm not saying they yeah. played on it regularly, which is goes to your point. Um, and so, yeah, I you have to imagine they're all sitting there going, "This is this is ridiculous." Um, um, I think for Portland, it's because they have a river that runs directly through their stadium, if I remember correctly. There's actually a river that runs underneath the stadium. Um, a river runs through it. Yes, absolutely. Brad Pitt was there. Um, all right, let's get to that. We, we've done all that. We've drawn it out long enough. Let's get to uh, the rumor updates and, and a whole bunch of other things. Let me start with Efrain Alvarez Chivas because I meant to do this on Thursday and I forgot to do it. Um, 18-year-old Efrain Alvarez is apparently being sought by Chivas in Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, this was a Goal.com report that Chivas is eyeing Alvarez 
Alvarez for their summer transfer window. Chivas estimates that it will cost them $12 million to acquire Alvarez because he's under contract. Um, the article there makes clear that Chivas have not approached the Galaxy yet. Um, whenever I talked to some people at the Galaxy, I was told that they've definitely not been approached and there was some chuckling whenever I said there was $12 million and would Efrain Alvarez be sold for $12 million? Um, basically, there was some indications that Chivas owes money to a whole bunch of teams and that they probably don't have $12 million to go ahead and spend on Efrain Alvarez. And so it was it was, it was was a chuckle fest, really. Whenever I, I like whenever I ask about rumors and everybody's like... <laughs> but if, the, if they actually came with $12 million, I think Efrain's gone in a heartbeat. He's gone. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you sell him. For not that he's not a good player. but no. that's just way too much money. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 one of those those weird things. Uh, the other one uh, that I have uh, been on the forefront of, that Kevin has an update on. So uh, Ryan Ravalasson, uh, he is the French sat slash uh, Malagasy, and I believe that's how you say the people from Madagascar. It's not Madagascan. Yes. Speaking of Madagascar, whatever yeah. happened to King Julian? <laughs> you want to go? I actually like the penguins, and the penguins were great, and then Gloria and Melman were good too. We're, but yes, yes, I that's one of my favorite. I I really enjoyed that movie and 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 the whole thing. But I yeah, I was, so I, what is King Julian as a Madagascarian? What do you call he, him again? He's, he's Malagese, apparently. Malagese, Malagese. That's okay. at least how I'm translating whatever that word is in front of me. So, you know, I could be saying it wrong. But anyway, um, he's a 24-year-old central defensive midfielder. He's with uh, Troyes in uh, in League 2, uh, in Ligue 2, who is being promoted to Ligue 1 uh, in France. And because of that, it doesn't look like that he's in their long-term plans up, at, uh, up in the first division. And so, um, he's about six feet tall, 24 years old. This was a guy who is liking all of the LA Galaxy social media posts. This is a guy who is all over their social media, Kevin. So, um, for me... I'm I'm sitting there saying uh, that we've moved this to a five star rumor and and it looks like so. What updates do you have on all this stuff? Uh, well, I spoke today to Jovan Karowski, who's the sporting director for the Galaxy. He is in Europe, didn't say which country, but he's in Europe. Said he's been there most of the year, uh, scouting and 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 stuff. This guy apparently is signed. Uh, it's done in in his words. He wouldn't give me the name, but he said there's been a guy that's out there that's been talked about. That one's done. So I'm assuming that's this. He said there. Uh, he indicated there would be at least one more player signing. Uh, didn't give me any indication of who that might be, but it indicated that uh, the talks were were moving along. And, and then we, I talked to him a little bit about why so many guys from France. This is the changing the mo of the team. If you remember the last couple of years, it's been Latin America. We didn't even know Europe existed right. under GBS. And um, one of Jovan praised uh, Greg Vanny. He said this is the guy that's willing to, to be uh, open-minded, to think broadly, to, to approach other ideas. Um, he said that Greg, uh, you know, he, uh, knew some guys in, in France, uh, you know, had done some scouting there, was interested in these guys. But what Jovan said, the real thing is there's two parts to it. One is there's just a ton of great players coming out of France now. Remember, Cabral was uh, part of the PSG a lot of guys coming through that the Paris academies, both with the major clubs and with the national team, just a ton of players coming out of France. MLS is not the only beneficiary. A lot of them going to La Liga and, and some, uh, you know, going to uh, England and Spain, uh, going to Italy. So everybody's hot on French players right now. And then Jovan also said another big factor with this is that they're very he didn't want to use the word cheap, but the value is great there right. because the French league, both league one and league two, a lot of financial problems. Those teams need to get money and, and they're willing to sell players for pennies on the dollar. And that's the, uh, the benefit. The last thing I wanted to say about that, that, uh, Jovan told me I, that I thought was interesting is he, he talked about 
the model uh, of MLS is young South Americans coming to MLS, trying to get the eye of people in Europe so they can make that move. Yovan said, look at what the Galaxy is doing. No, nobody else in MLS, the Galaxy. They've got a guy from two guys from England uh, from the championship. Right. Three guys now, at least three guys from the France se- French second division. These are guys, you know, in some cases, played for national teams. You know, Derek Williams played for the Irish national team. These are guys coming from Europe to the U.S. They're not young South Americans. They were offered contracts by French teams. They were offered contracts in England. They could have stayed there. They wanted to come to MLS, and they wanted to come to the Galaxy. We know that Bond had offers from other teams in MLS. He wanted the Galaxy. These guys aren't here because they had nowhere else to go. They're here because they want to be here. Now, in the case of Cabral, a five-year contract, he's 21. He is going back to Europe. He's not going to finish his career in MLS. Um, so some of these guys coming over to sort of rehabilitate their career. But I just thought it was interesting that when Jovan pointed that out, that these are guys that chose the Galaxy and chose MLS and thought it was a way to further their career. Um uh, it's just interesting. It's not what we've seen in the past, I don't think. Yeah, uh, Matt, by the way, gave us a super chat and says, thanks for the scoop on the new signings. I hope the new guy works out well as Bondi and uh, out as well as Bondi and Williams. So uh, thanks for the super chat, Matt. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's really interesting. We, on our tracker, on a rumor tracker, we have a mystery man that we've had on there as, as a five-star rumor. We are assuming that uh, Ravalosan is that mystery guy. At least I am assuming that that who's, was who everybody was talking to. And so those five-star rumors sort of line up. But the but there, wait, there's more here with another player. The LA Galaxy aren't done. We thought perhaps maybe they would be done. Um, and Kevin, you're telling everybody they're not done. And that that signals that there's more movement within this roster than really we understand because the Galaxy are almost topped out on spots um, and they're almost top then we know they're topped out on international slots right so I mean they're running out of room for this which means there's going to be more stuff that happens within this roster so what do they do with the international spots we know that people's gone when they need that spot uh, that, assuming that he's gone that seems like so the so the at least with Ravel song coming in assuming that he's going to use that international slot which we assume he is that people is probably that guy we think he's going to be gone and whether they release that contract or whether they move him to uh, Costa Rica um, with Alo Hense uh, is sort of up in the air of terms of how they do it. I don't know what mechanism they're going to use to make that happen, but it seems like they have something lined up and ready to go. Otherwise, they wouldn't be signing other players and, and bringing it in. Um, yeah, and we have to say the second guy is there, that one is not done. They're they're, they're working. confident. They're fit. Yeah, but I had heard somewhere, I think this was incorrect, that maybe Derek Williams had a, an American passport. He, he, I mean, Derek Williams does. He doesn't count as an international okay. slot. Well, and, and then I'm wondering about Jonathan Dos Santos. There's been a lot of talk no. about him someday getting a green card. no. No, and and I've been talking behind the scenes on with some people about that, and there seems to be that that ship seems to have sailed. Um, which is I'm I'm following more. I don't want to be absolutely conclusive on that, but just telling you that. Just look at the history of it, Kevin. How many years have Jonathan Dos Santos had to get a green card? If he wanted one, he probably would have had one by now, right? I mean, there's so much advantage to him having one in Major League Soccer that you would expect that he would get it. And we're just, I mean, this is his last year in a contract. I don't know if the Galaxy extend him, but certainly looking at him right now, I would be super surprised just looking at his history, whether or not it would be now that he has decided to get his green card. Well, let me push back about that briefly, because I know you don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but he told me in the preseason that he wants to, to live here when he's done playing wherever he finishes playing. He also said he wants to come back. He's not having the greatest season. He's not having a terrible season, but getting a green card may be one of those things that makes him more attractive if the Galaxy want to bring him back. If he's already going to stay here, 
Uh, it just seems to me that that would be a smart thing for him to do. It doesn't hurt him. He could still go play in Mexico or anywhere else. Absolutely. It just makes him more attractive to an MLS team. 100% agreed. Have agreed now since he's signed with the LA Galaxy that that makes 100% sense. Agree with your statement that he, if he wants to stay here afterwards, that makes things a lot easier in order to do that. All those things make sense and yet still no green card. Um, and by the way, MLS rules are changing next year that you have to have a green card before basically the start of the season in order for that to count as your green card. If you get one during the season, it's not going to take away, you know, an international slot. So you'd have to That's have That's a it. good rule. I, I think it is. It, you don't, you, that rule. way you can't manipulate that as well um, uh, as some things that stays the same. So um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see it, but it clearly, the other thing obviously that we haven't talked about that they could do, they could go out and buy one from somebody, right? Find somebody who doesn't have it, who's not using an international slot and purchase one for, you know, some, some gam or some. TAM or whatever people want. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's always something that can happen as well. But you know, Jonah came here when Trump was president. Maybe it was harder to get a green card then. Maybe I, it's easier now. Sure. I mean, I I, I like be a dreamer. I like that you're pulling for him, and it's just I, I'm just telling you, it seems that there's no interest. Otherwise, he would have done it already. There's he could have done it. Bottom line is he could have done it, and that's not a knock on him. He just doesn't want to do it, and that's cool. That's fine. But it would help the LA Galaxy. So, so, so selfishly, the LA Galaxy should want it to happen. But it does do a lot of things for Jonathan Dos Santos in the United States as well, which is why Maybe this guy could get a green card too. He, he probably could. Absolutely. So we could do that as well. That was Chicharito, by the way. Remember, sometimes when we're on a podcast, you have to tell people what you're doing. Oh yeah. You have a plush Chicharito that you were holding up. Well, so here's the super Chicharito flying. The action the figure going cable. across there. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised the Manchester City play by guys, play. I'm, the Manchester City guy like you even has a a Manchester United. Um, it's Chicharito. Doll. I got a Chicharito soccer ball by me, and look, it's the old shirt too, even yep. before Chevy. Do go get some more play by play for the people that are listening. I was, it's a red Manchester United shirt with the Nike symbol and the and the yeah, A on. A on. Yeah, yeah, there you, yeah go. there you go. So it's got the A on it. All right. Um, I think that does it, Kevin. I don't think we have anything else to talk about unless you want to talk about anything else. I'm, no, you're I'm just good. tired of talking to me. I am. I've seen you a lot in the last like three days. So, you know, that's that's too much for me. Uh, LA Galaxy getting ready to travel up to Portland. They'll travel on Friday game on Saturday, May 22nd, 1230 p.m. kickoff time. This will be an over the air broadcast ABC. Uh, so another big uh, three letter uh, broadcast day for the LA Galaxy who have uh, who have yet to have a Spectrum Sportsnet game. Kevin, we're game number six. Uh, and by the way, it goes through game number seven. They have uh, they have San Jose coming up at the end of uh, end of May, and that is also a nationally televised game on Unamas. So they have not played one Spectrum game yet, as of seven games into this. Well, uh, well that's season. good. There's no collision with the Lakers. And by the way, you said you've seen a lot of me lately. Well, after a pandemic, there's a lot of me to see. So <laughs> hopefully, gonna... you can fix both those things. I, I heard Larry said you needed to lose some weight, or he said you put on yeah, some I pounds. Yeah, I appreciate Lurch telling me that. That was great. Hey, if you didn't catch out uh, Larry's welcome back to the uh, to the stadium, uh, we did a little post game uh, analysis hostage video. Yeah, hostage. I know you say hostage video. The, I want to tell you, Larry's really tall, right? And I even stood like in front of him a little bit, so I'd be a little bit taller, and he still looks tall. He he told me he goes, "I'll go over and grab you one of those chairs if you want," and I almost smacked him. So I was just, you know. It He's, he was yeah, in rare right. form. Yeah, making friends everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely there. So, all right. Um, I think that about does it for us, Kevin. If you're good, I'm good. I'm always good. Okay. Well, I don't know about that, but we can we can pretend. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. And head on over to latimes.com where you can catch all of Kevin's soccer coverage here in Southern California. We're lucky to have him. He does a great job over there at the LA Times. So please support him if you can at kbaxter11 on Twitter. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Videos, analysis, articles, shows, all that stuff is there. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. Rate, subscribe, 
do all those things. Thumbs up, smash the like button. I don't know, whatever people say for that. Go ahead and do that. All right, for Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Gessman, and you've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.